Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 15 of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not weed, but weed is tight. tight. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how you doing? I'm good. My hands tired because I'm writing in all these uh, all these uh, All Star Game ballots for Martin Jones. Uh, it's it's going <laughs> to take a big movement for all of us, but we can do it. Are you the the fan who, when you vote for the All Star Game, or I guess first question, do you vote for the All Star Game? Do you vote uh, for players? I will put in like one tweet, which I know is like the laziest thing I could do, but it's the most I can do also at the same time. Yeah. Okay. I've I casted. Um, the max 10 ballots per day for two days on NHL.com. Nice. But like, okay. Second question, are you the person who fills out the ballot completely or with all just leafs or just partially fills it out? Like, how are you doing this? I, you know what? I can't just do all leafs, but I definitely will favor some. Like it's like, Oh, you know, is, um, what's a good example. I don't even know. Morgan Riley's Morgan Riley going to get in. Yep. Well, he's going to make, he's going to make it on my ballot. So, you know, and then it's going to be there, but it's not like Morgan Riley and Simon Benoit, you know, like, or, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, it'll be from there on out. It'll be actual qualified players, but making the all-star game and you know what the value is to that. That's something we can talk about a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that later. The All Star Game with the selections coming out last week. Uh, yeah. But more importantly, let's call it a Cali sweep, baby. Oh, California love, I love it. Yeah, we we said last week four to six points was the minimum, yep. and the Leafs do us one better and get six out of a possible six points in Cali with three games wins against the Kings, the Ducks, and the Sharks. Uh, the third time in the past five years they have done the Cali sweep, which wow is now. Like the thing, because a few years ago, this was the opposite. It was like, oh my God, you're going right. to Cali and it's going to be rough. Obviously, it's a little different now with, you know, the Ducks and the Sharks have been bad for yes. a few years. Um, and, you know, a few years ago, that wasn't the case. However, still hard to go across the country or across the uh, the continent into a different time zone with the weather's nice and you got a lot, yep. a few more distractions than you would in a place like Winnipeg and uh, get three <laughs> wins and not just three wins, but three like dominant, really full 60 wins. Um, something that we haven't seen consistently this year. So that was super yep. encouraging. Absolutely. To give up two goals in three games, no matter what is great. Mm -hmm. uh, do, who cares? The teams throw that out. But when they opened with the Kings being a three, nothing shutout, that was the one that we were worried about, right? We went into this last podcast and we're like, Kings playing really well. This is going to be tough. We'll see what happens. Martin Jones, yada, 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 three, nothing feels really good. Then you get the win over the ducks and that's a getting goal lead. And we can kind of talk about that. And that's a two, one. And you're like, great. Now we're going to blow it against the sharks. I've seen this before. I know this. We've, we won the first two. Uh, now we're going to lose something stupid four three to the sharks and everyone's going to be mad. And no, they just kicked the crap out of the sharks. And that is so encouraging because we, you know, we've been talking, what is this episode 15? Now we've been talking about just consistency and just full games and the, you know, and the lack of that happening this season. And you know what? We got three of them. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made that they've been playing this way for even before that with the Carolina game and the Columbus game. Columbus, Obviously, yeah. they had a really good offensive game against Columbus, just couldn't keep the puck out of the net. You know, yep. Eli Samson on his last game as a Leaf, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then maybe. Carolina, they play really well five-on-five. Five. They get a couple, um, they let in a couple power play goals, but... All in all, that was a sign of things to come, and I just think they kept it rolling. The Kings is the most impressive, obviously. Um, 
the Ducks and the Sharks are weaker teams. We'll get into that yeah. because obviously yeah. playing against uh, lower competition has been has been an issue for this team. Yes, but just super impressive to go on the road against LA, dominate like that, give up nothing, and then LA pushed and we did not break at all. So it's it's just it's nice to see us go into a team that plays kind of like a playoff style hockey twenty four seven. Like I would say the LA Kings play as close as you can get to playoff style hockey all year round. Um, yeah. And to go in on the road with your third string goalie with a yeah. lot of questions surrounding how the team's been playing and to dominate and to carry that yeah. and take care of business. I think in the best part too is, you know, something we also were complaining about last week, or it was kind of a narrative around the team. The best players played really well. Like the, the really good players that we pay a lot of money and I'm sure a lot of money to best players is going to come up later is, mm-hmm. is an important part. And they played well, Austin Matthews, you know, like snapped that game. Like he just, Oh my God, I, I, we could talk about the OT, but what is beautiful about hockey sometimes is I was, I was watching with my wife and I yelled even before the, the, the pass was made, like the pass was halfway through. And I was like, yes, because it was just, you can see it all happening in front of you. It's like a choreographed play. Like, you know, the ending or something like that. But the second he was reared back and that pass was coming in, I'm like, oh, there's no way this puck is not going to the back of the net. I love oh, it. Against Anaheim, the OT winner. Austin. The OT winner, Austin Matthews. Oh. Gets his 30th of the season after, what, 14 shots on net, 20 attempts on net. He was all over the ice. And the same thing last night. I mean, we're recording this Sunday morning. Like, last night against San Jose on Saturday night, he didn't get a goal, but all over the net, just shooting and shooting. And and it's just one of these things where, like, we've talked about how when Sheldon Keefe said to Austin, you need to shoot more, be more selfish, because he kind of, obviously, he came out of the gates, like, really, really hot and then kind of had that little you know, quiet stretch there. And Sheldon was like, I'm urging you to shoot. I'm urging you to just, you know, take the, take the game into your own, your own hands. You're good enough to take over. Mm -hmm. And since then it's, it's, it's just pure domination. And, and, and when it does, when he doesn't show up on the short score sheet, it's still just five on five domination, just getting the puck back. Ozone possession time, shot after shot, great look after great look. Marner's humming with them. Like Nyes is humming yep. with them. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, really, really nice to see. The boys are humming right now. Uh, and I'm just smiling, man. I'm happy. Oh, I know. But the Matthews uh, Matthews 50 and 50 is now a real thing. It, like, it is very much, there's a chance that this is going to happen if he's doing this. Even with his little downstretch, you know, whatever, five, seven games that we're talking, kind of talking about uh, just after the beginning of the season. You know, if he keeps this up, it's not like it's not like the advanced stats are lying to him. It's not like the, the shooting percentage is like through the roof and he's just getting lucky on some certain, certain things. He's just, he, the volume is there and he's putting a lot in. And you wonder, I, I don't know. Does it matter? Like, I don't, I don't know, but it's cool. It's cool. What do you think? What, the 15 Do you want him to do it? Yeah, do you want him to do it? I don't so know. So in my mind, he's done it. Like, I, I, I hate yeah. this argument because he, a couple years ago, he hit 51 in 50 games, and everyone was so mad because it wasn't the first 50 games. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still 50 games, oh, and he scored 51 goals. Like, it's I don't understand what the what this hockey analyst's um, – uprising is about it has to be the yeah. first 50 games and and even they're, they're saying now like austin's missed one game this year so he still has to do it in the team's first 49 games or it doesn't count like what are we what are what? we talking about here like <laughs> yeah, he scored yeah. 51 goals in 50 games that is 50 and 50 that is clearly what the definition is so <laughs> if you ask me he's already done it um doing it again would be a bonus 
I, I just this is this is cool. Like obviously, growing up, we never had a a, a guy who could score goals like Austin Matthews, and we've talked about this at length. You know, oh yeah, yeah Alexander yeah, yeah, McGillney yeah, yeah. was the closest thing as Leaf fans that we had, and it, this is just like we'll get into this later, especially with the Willie Nina Lander stuff. I guess spoiler, yes. but like like it's just enjoyable, man. Like I'm just enjoying. Oh. Such great hockey, uh, such great players, and just happy they are wearing Leaf jerseys. So that's just me. Man. It, it feels, it feels like with technicalities like that, like who the hell cares? He scored fifty goals in fifty games. That's good enough for me. Is the uh, it feels like the Tiger Slam kind of thing where he's like, well, Tiger didn't win them all in the same calendar year. I'm like, yeah, but his name, he was the current champion at one time for all of them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What the hell? Like, like why are we thieves of joy? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we just be happy? Well, There's that's always, that should be uh, the theme of the. Yeah, that's, that's the name of the podcast. The, yeah, yeah, for sure. There should be like, yeah, everyone has to just do the actually. Well, actually, um, I don't think so. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, sure. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. What a yeah. fun guy. Sports, like I guess, sports fandom has um, just evolved into just dunking on one another, and, and it's kind of upsetting. Like no one just wants to enjoy what they're watching. They always have to create oh. some sort of argument as to why it's worse or better than something else. Ridiculous. I completely agree. We'll, we'll we'll do this in the off season, but like the argument for greatest of all time has just ruined sports. It has. It has. No matter I what sport you're doing, it, it has. Much. Yes. Oh, I um, hate it. Leafs go into San Jose. Everyone, you know what? I was pretty surprised with the discourse. Everyone saying we were going to blow that game. I don't know. Like San Jose is really bad, man. Like I understand we've been having yeah. some trouble against bad teams, but like they're no really worse. bad. They are <laughs> yeah, horrible. Yeah. They had lost 10 yeah. straight going in. So naturally everyone's like, oh, the Leafs, this is the leafiest thing to do. This is where they break the streak. Uh, but no, like didn't give them anything. Outshot the absolute shit out of them. I think San Jose had like four shots in the first, something ridiculous yeah. like that. Um, That's been a real stretch recently, just out shooting the opponent like crazy, which has yeah. not been true of most of the season, but man, recently they are shooting the hell out of the buck. Yeah, and just complete domination, uh, taking over periods, not giving your team, not giving the other team anything. And then when the other team does push, it's it's been short-lived and they've been able to take care of business. Uh, 4-1 last night, Willie Nylander with two goals, two really nice goals. Two really, really nice, nice goals. goals coming down yeah. the wing. Uh, squeak one, squeaks one by Mackenzie Blackwood, and then the other one uh, banks it off his back. We're seeing that a lot in the NHL. A lot of goals below the goal line, and and it was yep. driving me nuts at first because a lot of it was against Ilya Samsonov, and you're like, "Come on, man! Like, <laughs> can you stop anything?" But we're seeing this more and more, and yeah, obviously it's intentional. Like skaters are in in. Players are good enough now where they can score from anywhere and, and will try to score from everywhere. But it's yeah. it's interesting now how how often players are trying. No, I, I completely agree with you. I, I think, you know, we're seeing the the same percentage across the league is like dramatically down. Oh, like yeah. every it, that was something that kept me warm in these cold nights of Ilya Samsonov was like, well, everybody's getting bad goaltending. And you're like, well, not that bad. He was the worst. But yeah. nonetheless, the general play is bad right now and i think we're starting to see this where it's just there is no angle on the ice that you're that is no longer a shooting opportunity they've mm -hmm. just moved the puck around so much people keep talking about this with international ice because you know they were talking about this with uh hildeby when he was called up mm -hmm. is that it's just really tough international ice because there are so many angles you just don't have in the american game and now with the, with the north american ranks you're starting to see a little bit more of that where there's just no opportunity that they're not going to try and put the puck on the net yeah yeah 
skaters yep. are too talented right now. Martin Jones. Let's talk Martin Jones. Oh, um, let's talk Martin Jones. Because obviously there was discourse about Dennis Hildeby getting a start on the road trip, especially with the back-to-back. I think Sheldon yep. Keefe made a good point. When you have uh, a back-to-back in LA and Anaheim, it's it's kind of a, a different back-to-back. The arenas are so close that this yep. isn't a flight. This is just a short bus ride over to the next hotel. So yep. the reset is, is not as taxing. Um, Martin Jones didn't really have much of a high event game against the Kings, which is a huge yeah. win. So you feel more huge comfortable win. going back to him against Anaheim. Obviously a lot of people annoyed because they want to see Hildeby. Obviously a lot of people think they're everyone's favorite armchair GM. So they're annoyed and think Hildeby <laughs> is, you know, the person who's going to come and, and, and save the season. Martin Jones is currently doing that. Martin Jones is yep. currently saving the season. So, Sheldon Keefe goes back to him, complete right decision, goes back to him again on Saturday against San Jose, complete right decision. Yeah, you know, I was surprised. I I was surprised too. And it was, you know, results-based. Yes, it was absolutely the right decision. The only thing I'd say is that, why did we call him up? Like, why did we call him up then? Like, I just, that's that's one of the things that I kind of don't, I don't don't get. If we're going to keep him as a backup, whoever that role was, whoever that the the second backup behind Martin Jones was, was going to be purely a backup, not a time split. Uh, then, like honestly, isn't there somebody off the street that could fill this role? Like, I, I just for a kid that really needs the development, I feel like this is an odd one to travel to California to put him on the bench. But uh, you know, I, that will all change by the time we're recording this next week, and he's played a game and he looked bad. Good doesn't really matter. Uh, then I'll be like, oh, okay, well, that's why. That's okay. Maybe he's just getting, you know, uh, his legs and getting a few practices in and getting to know the defensive style that they play, yada, yada, yada. But, like, I just, I was surprised. I was surprised, too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I just yeah, thought okay. that to right. they were going to go to him. Um, yeah, I thought okay. that was the reason why they called him up, because they didn't want to have to be faced with the decision on whether or not to put Eli Sampson up back in the net. But Fair enough. I totally, you know, now that I've swallowed all three games and they've all gone our way, like, I, I <laughs> yes. totally understand that. Yeah, you're just trying to get him used to NHL game action. Sit there, watch, get in practice, face NHL shooters. Just like you said, adjust to the defensive style of play and just adjust yeah. to the system. He's going to get in. Like I would be surprised if Samsonov gets back in this week. I like. Do we just think, oh, we're going to send you down to get your confidence back? We're not going to put you in a game. We're just going to say that you're sent down. And all of a sudden, your confidence is back seven days later. Like I don't think yeah. that's doing anything at no. all. I I don't know. I you know I'm a betting man, but like I do, you think he actually plays an AHL game, Ilya Samsonov? No, I would like, agree with you. I do not think that's going to happen. I think he's going to come back up. I, I believe that's the plan. I think it would yep. be weird to call him up this week, just because like what has he accomplished in the seven days that he sat? Like that all his confidence is magically back and he's magically fixed and ready to play like he did last year. I I just, I don't buy that. Yeah. It's not an injury. Yeah. Sorry. I just, on the other hand, like when is it going to happen? Like it it is a very weird, uh, weird decision because I would get if they sent him down and like, okay, he's going to be playing games, get his confidence back that way. The Jack, the Jack Campbell way, I guess. Well, and how well has that gone? Not well at all. Yeah, that's that's your fear is that like he gets in there, gets lit up by an AHL team, gets lit up by the Cleveland Monsters. And then you're like, oh, now what the hell are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 
there's no perfect strategy, but it, since it is mental, since it's not an injury, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. a technical thing. I'm sure everything is technical, but you know, it's, it's going to take time and you should uh, allow him the time that is needed. Uh, I just hope it's not a negative on Hildeby's progression who was having a great season for the Marlies. Yeah. Like I, I would assume the plan is to get Hildeby one game this week. I mean, right. obviously you look at San Jose on Tuesday at home, you would say that is the, probably the easiest game you could give him on the entire yep. schedule. That being said, we're still in the NHL. Like any NHL team is capable of beating any other NHL team on any given night. Yes. So, I mean, points are, are so valuable. So for me, I'd go back to Jones. I would look at the back-to-back this weekend as yep. when to get Hildeby in. And obviously, it's Sunday against the Red Wings. I think you don't want to put him in Saturday on the road against the Avalanche. Um, no. Or it's at home Jesus. against the Avalanche. But still, you don't want to throw Dennis Hildeby into his first game against hard no. candidate Nathan McKinnon. Um, so I would think... If you're not going to give him Tuesday against San Jose, I think Sunday against the Red Wings is is the calendar is the is the circle on the calendar. Yeah, I I would agree with you. You know, because that is other than the Sharks game, which I don't think is going to happen after all this break. Uh, that's the next game that against the uh, easier com- opponent. I don't I don't want to say easier because you're right. Like, there's nothing easy, but like it's the the least good team. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, because the Islanders play such a weird style, even though you know whatever. Uh, and then the, obviously you don't want to deal with the avalanche. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that's what it is, but you hope, you hope he gets called up to see action. I hope it's not just some kind of like, you know, fly, you know, uh, wallpapering, you know, I hope you I do see you something interesting. I yeah. think you will, but I do like, we've been given the, the opportunity to give him the time solely because of the way Martin Jones has played. I mean, listen, if Martin Jones goes in and, well, and gives a stinker against LA, you'd assume he'll be starts against Anaheim. Yes. Okay. That's the other thing I want to say. Martin Jones is winning games. It's kind of like Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl trophy. You know what I mean? Like he is doing what is absolutely needed and that is it. And I think that's great. And I'm not complaining by any means, but I just don't want to do this thing now coming in. And this is going to come up in my, this is egregious later, but is that I don't want to do this thing where it's like, <laughs> this smart. We're like galaxy braining this one. He is very good and he's playing really well. It's like he was on waivers two months ago and everyone was like, nah, I'm good. Uh, I just, he is, he is playing absolutely fine mediocre goaltending and that is all we needed i just don't want to go too far and be like martin jones you know maybe he's like a starter candidate And you're like no he's not yeah i mean this is naturally what leaf fans tend to do is is yes you're so recency like your opinion is completely clouded by what you watched two seconds ago and uh martin jones I'm just so thankful for I like good on Brett. You're living to go get him. Yes. Uh, we needed him. We absolutely do need him. And he is performing way better than I could have ever have dreamed. Yeah. Martin Jones would play. Um, am I ready to say Martin Jones is our, I'm totally confident with Martin Jones playing game one of the playoffs. No, I'm not. No. Um, yeah. I, I, well, I would like to hope that Joe Wall can regain his form when he, when he gets healthy. I still would like to hope that Eli Samsonov from last year is hiding there somewhere and, and is going to show up sometime. I'm starting to believe that less and less as we yes. were into January here. Uh, but all you can do with Martin Jones is, is be happy. And, and, and because this team is good enough that it can survive with mediocre goaltending, we just don't need disaster goaltending. 
Yes, that's that's all it is. And you know what? They play three of their better defensive games, you know, against bad teams, granted, you know, LA aside. But like, that's what they got to do. They got to protect a goaltender. And they tried to do that with a goaltender that could not stop anything. And now we're starting to see a goaltender that can stop an average number of pucks yeah. with good defensive play in front of him. This is what it looks like. Well, that's really exciting. Yeah, the numbers are great. Yeah, Martin Jones yep. has stepped in and we're happy. It's a, <laughs> it's a cheap goaltender to step in and Love give it. us some smiles that Sammy was not able to give us, but I think we need to talk <laughs> about the most prevalent news that we have, uh, I guess, heard about. Nothing, I guess, is is final yet. It might be final by the time people are listening oh, yeah. to this. But Could be any minute now. Elliot Freeman reported last night or Saturday night that William Nylander is close to signing an eight-year extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs with an average va- uh, annual value around $11.5 million. Obviously, this is uh, a very polarizing contract that everyone wants to talk about and get their opinion out there. Um, yeah. Whether they love it, they hate it, they don't care. What are your thoughts? Like, What's your initial reaction on hearing that number? Because that's a different number than what we heard in September, what we thought we were going to oh, hear. Oh, yeah. Much different. Yeah. Much, much different. I, you know what? Uh, William Nylander is having an incredible season. He is one of the best players in the NHL right now. And this is a contract uh, deserving of a player that is that good. You know, I, it's hard to get, that is the first point I need to establish before I make any kind of like side notes or, um, yeah, or, you know, whatever uh, issues with it. He is a very good player and he's playing really well. And that is a contract that you would give. If he hit the market, he would be getting this contract for somebody, uh, if not more. So that, that, that is the first thing. The second thing is, on the Leafs end, it makes uh, the margin for error very, very small. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of nail every depth signing from here on out. And that's okay, too, because why wouldn't we want to have more talented players on our team? He clearly loves Toronto, as you and I have talked on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He's built for this city of really weird media and fans, and he just doesn't care and lets things slide off his back, which is fantastic. And he's very talented. And also, I believe his style of play is going to age like a fine wine. It's not like he's some kind of weird power forward at 24 that is flying up and down the ice and hitting everything that moves. And by 29, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is not good. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to, he, you know, Swedish guys in general play really well. Eh, Klinberg aside, uh, later into the mm-hmm. career. So uh, I, I, am, I am okay with all of it. I really think it's a deserving player of a deserving contract. Um, what it means for the Leafs going forward is something we could talk about. But for Nylander, I think this makes a ton of sense. What about you? I look at it as... William Nylander is one of my favorite players in the world. He is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Leafs I've ever watched in my 33 years. And I am absolutely thrilled he's here for the next eight years. There we I go. could not yeah. give two shits about what the AAV is. I am thrilled that William Nylander is probably going to play his entire career in Toronto. And if not, we get a massive chunk of it. And... Isn't it just like kind of nice, like the guy that took the most shit and has taken the most shit over his entire career is now going to say, well, you're stuck with me now. And I'm also (laughs) the fucking one of the best players in the goddamn league because of it. He's gotten better every single year and look good on him. He bet on himself, right? Like, yeah, yeah, he could have signed the contract and for what? Close to 10 million in September and, and he would have said, okay, you know, it doesn't really matter what what I am going to do this year. And, and instead, yeah. he has come out on fire. His best season by far, he's on pace for like 117 points, which would be the second highest point total that any Leaf has ever hit ever. Doug Gilmore yep. being first with, I think, 126 or something like that. That um, sounds, sounds right. 
Like, can we just enjoy this? Because everyone yeah. is getting so mad about William Nylander making 11 and a half. But like, there's so many other things that, that factor into this. Like the cap is going to go up huge next year. It's projected to yes. go up between 87 and 88 million. So if you look at it this way, if the cap goes to 87.7 million next year, okay. the William Nylander contract is 13.1% of the cap, which is the exact okay. same percentage of the cap that Mitch Marner's current contract is with the current okay. cap. So if you know, because you can't just look at an average annual value and say, this is the number, like I'm going to react to it. You have to look at what the big picture is. Look at the whole cap. And the cap's just not going to stop next year. Like it's going to no, keep no. going up year to year to year. You know what I well, mean? Except unless for we, like a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, though. unless we hit another COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, which is, I will always, I will go to my grave, Joey, saying that is what killed the Leafs and the Dubas tenure is COVID because everything worked out okay with the contracts and stuff like that. And then who saw it being stalled for three years? But yes, keep yeah. going. No, I'm just. It's just. It's for me. This is just gravy. I, you look at. This team, and you're like, okay, Austin Matthews is the greatest player to ever wear a Leaf sweater, and William Nylander is one of the most exciting players to ever wear a Leaf sweater. Yeah. And now we get them for their entire primes. This is, you know, the window is huge. It's like, like I said when Matthews signed, like the window is propped right open, and yeah. and everyone up in arms about having four guys making over ten million on the roster, like. Let's hold on a second here because right now William Nylander makes six point nine million, and we don't know what the roster is going to look like next September. We don't. Yeah, yeah. Like we yeah. don't know how the Mitch Marner extension talks are going to go. We don't know how the John Tavares extension talks are going to go. But what we do know is Austin Matthews and William Nylander are going to be Leafs next year. And talk, say that to me last summer, and I would have said I don't care how much it would have taken. I'm just give me those two on the team forever, and I'm fucking happy. Yep. Like I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled. I know the number of people I've gotten texts from that say, doesn't this terrify you? And it's like, terrify me. Ter why, why would, it's not like he's bad. If we were giving a long contract with lots of money for a bad player, I'd be like, well, that's terrifying. Or something that was a flash in the pan or, you know, our David Clarkson's, you know, that we mentioned yeah. last week or something like that. That'd be like, yeah, that's terrifying. God, I hope it fucking pays out. There's no, like, this is going to work out. He's a talented player. Now, what does this mean for roster construction stuff like that? Okay, fucking, yeah, whatever. You know, that's something we could talk about eventually. But why would we not want to sign good players? This is no different than what we're talking about with Austin Matthews in the offseason. Why would we not? I don't care what the number is. It's not my fucking money either. This yeah. is also what's evil about cap space is that like it, it, it like fights you against the working class. And I know they make $10, $10 million, but they still are the employee there is that I hate that guy because he makes money. It's like, well, that's so stupid. What's not my fucking money? Yeah, it's not my. Yeah, exactly. It's not our money. Everyone's mad. It's like their money. No. And, and also like. I care right now about this team right now and what our chances are to yeah. win the Stanley Cup this year. Yes. We, we can talk yes. about next year, next year, and, and we can talk about the roster construction at a much later date. I'm glad that this Nylander extension means I don't have to listen to baghead <laughs> after baghead talk about how yeah. we should be trading them by the deadline. Now we know, okay, God, let's get through this year and let's try to win a cup and let's try to like focus on this year for a fucking second. And, and, yeah. and, and we'll talk about roster construction in May or June. Yeah. My favorite thing that I like to say is people say, well, we're paying him for a career year, a career year, excuse me. And it's like a career year so far. <laughs> uh, Cause who knows that he's not going to get better. Like why, why not? You know, I, I, the idea that it's his, his contract is up and that's what it is. And that's why he's playing better. I think there's a little bit of natural, uh, you know, uh, 
it's a natural instinct to to want to perform better when you know uh, it it means more. But at the same time, it's like he could be just getting better. He's getting more opportunity. He's getting moved to the top line. Like there's there's all this kind of stuff that's happening. I think the Pasternak thing is the thing that sewers the deal. Is that that's what people point to and go, well, he's not Pasternak, and he's making the same contract as him. And you're like, yeah, but that was also signed years before, and he took a little bit of a deal and stuff. And I think it's just expecting players to take deals, I think is just erroneous. And I think it's unfair. And so, yeah. That's the thing, right? Like Pasternak is making that money now. Like he's making the 11.25 this year. The cap has not gone up yet. No. So he had to sign for a deal relative to the current cap, not the cap that's expected to skyrocket five to 6 million next year. Like it's, yeah. we, it's yeah. not comparable. Like I understand we're no. looking at, okay, he's, we're looking at wingers in the NHL and, 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 the highest paid wingers is is Artemi Panarin, William Nylander now mm-hmm. for next year, and David Pasternak, yep. and they're in that 11.25 to 11.6 range, and they're all huddled together in the standings too. Like the point production yeah, is yeah, there point, from all yeah. three of them. They're all having absolute great years. Um, yeah, they're so all the why are we complaining? <laughs> you know what I mean? These are solid players yeah. making solid money, and you can't judge Willie Nylander's number. Um, Based on this year's cap, because the cap has not gone up yet. I don't know. We can. We. I feel like I'm talking in circles right now. Well, I, I do too. I. I just. I. I kind of don't know now. What we can talk about going forward, and you know, in future episodes, is this makes the Mitch Marner thing very interesting, mm-hmm. and it really, for the first time, maybe ever in my mind, I now have a small percentage going like, oh, what if he doesn't come back or what if they move him or something like that there is a little bit in the back of my head which i never thought about before yeah for sure and the thing is is he does if he doesn't want to get moved he's not getting moved right like he's got no, a full no no moving clause so if mitch marner wants to spend next year in toronto he's spending next year in toronto there's nothing we can do about it yeah and yeah well you know another talented player like it's not like i'm trying to ship exactly, him out in yeah, one way exactly. it's just more of the contract the next contract and you know yeah how, the, how that's, badly that went the first time yeah exactly that's the the big thing because obviously there has been that comparable between marner and, and it was it started with marner and matthews and now it's marner and nylander and in and, and everyone's like well you know nylander is having a better year so but marner makes 10.9 <laughs> so you have to give him a pay raise and oh my I god know. It's, it's it's frustrating because you know, obviously he's going to want to come in somewhere in the, I would assume the 11.5 to 12.5 range. Yeah. I, I think you I wait on it. it. Like, because oh, I, yes, absolutely. You wait on it and, and you have this conversation with Mitch this time next year. That's what I would do. But again, I know you got to, I'm not Brad Tree Living. <laughs> well, I know that's that, one more thing before we go. This took way longer than I thought. Sorry. But is that the, the only mark that you have is going like, okay, so, oh, now we have to pay him. Oh, this is terrible and stuff like that. It's like, we did have the chance to sign him hypothetically for, you know, the last six months and we didn't. And this is, you you go into the year and go, it's, you got you to gotta prove it kind of contract. This is the downside, downside, hypothetically for the organization is like that he plays really well and you have to pay him. Well, that's the game you played, man. Like, I, yeah. I don't really, what are you looking for? Sympathy? You have, we have this big veteran GM who has got lots of power supposedly. And that's, that's the game you played, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For sure. It's okay. Downside. He plays great. Okay. Well, terrible. I know, Hate right? It. Like it's, yeah. it's such a positive that everyone's just <laughs> trying to grab, grab negatives because yeah. that's what, that's what happens. Uh, that's what we do. It's egregious, man. This is egregious. Oh, it's egregious. Oh, it is egregious. This is egregious. All right, this is egregious. As we all know, Leap Nation is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. However, this segment is to highlight how ridiculous and egregious Toronto fans and media can get and why it's insane. Insane. So I just like, 
listening to hockey podcasts and and whether it's yeah. Thirty Two Thoughts or Chicklets or the Leaf Report and sure we're coming to the halfway point so people want to like start giving out the midway season awards and and obviously the big one the heart the mvp there are a lot of people in my mind that can get the heart but austin matthews for some reason isn't even in the conversation when people are debating Hmm. the heart and i find that egregious um i'm not saying austin matthews should win the heart but shouldn't a guy on pace for 70 goals be at least at least be in the conversation. Like I was, I was like, okay, I got to see the odds on this. And he's sixth best, which is wild to me. Like really Austin Matthews is sitting at plus 1200 to win the heart, which is the sixth best behind McDavid Uh McKinnon, Kucherov, Pasternak and Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. I don't know. Okay. Hmm. I, I, I can see the argument for the other four as to, yeah, but I think Matthews is still in that conversation. Like, for example, he's third in block shots among forwards. He's tied mm-hmm. for eighth in takeaways among anyone. He is oh. on pace for over 70 goals. And he plays in all situations, a complete 200-foot game. I think what's pissing me off is that the the heart has become, I think over the past few years, just this Art Ross like light. Yes. Like yes. we're just looking at who's got the most points. And we're like, okay, that's the MVP. It's like the same thing in the NFL where it's just like, all right, who's got the court, who's the quarterback with the most stats or yeah. the best stats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like instead, like totally. isn't the art Ross about the most points and the Rockets about, we the already have an award for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the heart is about yeah. the most valuable player of the league. And like, we should be considering all facets of their game and all aspects of their game. And I think Matthews is someone who is a complete five-tool player that can play in any situation, has played in any situation, has amazing defensive numbers, incredible offensive numbers. So I don't know. The year he won the heart, he scored 60 goals. Now he's on pace for 70 and he's not even in the conversation. I find that fucking egregious, man. Yeah, I think that's, I think it is egregious. It is funny though. uh, Hockey, just incredible. Like those top six uh, in odds might've been the top six you came into the season with. You're Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you're like, yeah, everyone's doing pretty good. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. And then the outside of it too is, is this a year if nobody blows um, a statistical quality away, if there's nothing like, you know, 70 goals where you're like, holy shit. Um, You know, is this the year for a defenseman like Kel McCarr or something like that, which has been talked about a lot. So I, 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 I don't know. Connor McDavid just being the leader just feels like, like uh, it will always be that way until somebody proves differently. That's just, that's the way that uh, we view uh, NHL rosters, which I don't know if that's fair or not. Uh, but yeah, I think being six is kind of insane. Jack Hughes, what the hell? Yeah, like again, I, I always, I understand why Connor McDavid's always in the conversation. Like, yeah, like everyone expects yep. him to completely turn it on and by the end of the year be miles ahead of everyone else um, in statistical categories. Kucherov and McKinnon are having otherworldly seasons like they're so far ahead yeah. of the pack in points where i totally get that like again i'm not saying matthews should win the heart that's not what i'm saying i'm saying he should be in the conversation and right now he's being left out of the conversation which seems ridiculous to me for a guy who's lighting the lamp the way he's he's lighting it totally yeah i know i i completely agree with you i i that's that's egregious i think it's uh and it, you know what we'll only find out one way or another because he might prove them all wrong and then you know 1200 looks like great odds make a bet now yeah uh okay my egregious is going to be the idea of everybody falling in love with simon benoit <laughs> oh who doesn't love this guy i love this guy he's so good his little thing about i can't score any goals but i love hitting it i love hitting people i love you guys getting the belt that's so cute that's so great but using him as a flagpole to flagpole to plant things down and going like this is a true loving guy, 
this offseason. He fucking killed it. You're like, and I am not disagreeing with you. It was a great offseason. But to use Martin Jones, Simon Benoit, Ladgerson as these guys, as the way of saying, look at what a great offseason we had, cannot, you cannot make that argument, guys. This is egregious. You can't when and, and then everybody goes like, what about Ryan Reeves and, and, and Klinberg? And people are like, shut up. And you're yeah. like, those are the guys we spent all the money on, though. <laughs> like, imagine we spent the money on good players. Like, it kind of goes back to, like, you know, the Patriots drafting Tom Brady. And they're like, wow, what a draft pick. They're like, if we thought he was that good, we would have taken him in the first round. If we thought Simon Benoit was this good, we would have given him Klinberg money. Like, I just don't – we just – I feel like I'm going crazy sometimes with this kind of stuff. But it's like – uh, giving people credit for their sixth and seventh defenseman or their third goalie. And I understand the third goalie thing will change in the future because everyone's going to need a third goalie. Mm-hmm. But like that can't be the thing we we plant our flag on. And we need to examine some of the money that was spent in the offseason, whether it was going to be right or wrong. I'm happy with the results, but I don't know if this is the one where you're like, what a great offseason. Simon Benoit. That's <laughs> egregious. Yeah, it's it's selective hearing, right? It's, yeah, but that's a good way of putting it. It's, I'm, I'm looking at Simon Benoit because he stepped in wonderfully and playing great, and he's such a like such a fan favorite, easy to love. Oh, but that means I'm going to completely forget about what the John Klingberg experience <laughs> and those first two months. You, you find yourself going. This is like evil. Like I don't want to do this, but you find yourself going. Thank God he has a debilitative injury. Like thank God he can barely walk. Otherwise, this would be a much worse situation. And you're like, oh, that's terrible. I don't want to do that. Like, come on. It is nice though having that blue collar French Canadian uh, just mm-hmm. just uh, coming in and playing awesome for us. Like I don't know. I'm trying to think back of like like the solid French Canadians because you got to think. Obviously, these guys grew up loving Montreal, and and you know you don't yeah. dream of playing putting the leaf sweater on when you're growing up in Quebec. So I kind of like it. Like I I love that we've got this like just bruising French Canadian blue collar defenseman who's stepped up and played so far above what we ever would have expected. Um, it is nice. It is nice. But yeah, I, I like how the, the, like the least social team and, and they're really trying to, all right, let's fall in love with Simon Benoit here. Cause it's easy. Absolutely. Oh, I completely agree I with you. Like it's, it's one of those, goal, but uh, you know, I'm had to <laughs> hit the body for you guys. <laughs> I love it. What a quote too. Like just perfect. The second that the guy behind the camera heard that, I was like, oh, clip that. Like, yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God, send that out immediately. Oh, that's so good. I just also, there will be an egregious about the belt one day where people like, you don't like that the belt? shouldn't have been. Oh, I love the belt. I but the people belt, yeah. freak out online going like, oh, that he shouldn't have got the belt. This guy should have oh, got yeah, the belt. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, holy fuck. They decide who the hell cares. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why does this matter? It's the person oh. who got the belt last time who decides. <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, oh God. Oh uh, yeah. So there you go. That's it. That's egregious. All right. Next up, we've got quite a big week. Four games this week. Tuesday, yeah. back home against the Sharks. A nice home and home Yay. against the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> Thursday, we're back in Long Island to listen to everyone talk about why John Tavares is a snake. Uh, and then we are uh, home <laughs> for Saturday, Sunday against the Avalanche and Red Wings looking into nice. the, I guess, the, the, Late 90s, early 2000s rivalry <laughs> stops in to Toronto. Um, big week. Like we talked about earlier, big I'm week. assuming we're going to be seeing Dennis Hildeby at some point this week, which will be exciting just to kind of see see what this kid has. Otherwise, Martin Jones probably gets three to four games, hoping to keep it going. Um, the team is humming right now. Yeah, You just hope they stay consistent and, and just stay with the way they're playing because if they do, they're going to go on a real run here. Um they're going to need to because Florida is absolutely humming right now and yeah. they need to keep keep pace. Like like I said, like we're we're coming to that halfway point, so we're like 
like it's time to look at the awards, but it's also time to look at the standings more importantly. And the gap is there. We've played less games than everyone, but you look at Boston has separated themselves. Florida has separated themselves. We're kind of like in that third spot that are trying to, you know, stay up there with Florida as long as our games in hand go well. And then there's a drop off. Like Tampa Bay has dropped off quite significantly. They've played 40 games. So they played more than anyone and they're not getting the wins that they need. So, what I'm asking you here is, are we just set for a collision course to play the, Flor- the Florida Panthers in the first round? Well, in Gary Bettman's NHL, yes. And uh, <laughs> I could have told you this a while back. You know, we want to keep the drama, but yes, it seems like we are going to be playing a very good, and I want to make this clear, much better Florida Panthers team than last year. Mm-hmm. Last year's Florida Panthers team was absolutely limping into the playoffs and then, you know, the goalie kind of caught on fire. Uh, and, you know, it, we saw what happened. This team is kind of figured it all out right now. Yeah, we got 40 more games. We'll see what happens. But like this is a very scary team right now. So yes, I think we are destined for the Florida Panthers in round one. Yeah, I think so too. They've won seven we or eight want in a row. Uh I yeah, I guess. Fuck. We're it doesn't, guess. it doesn't matter what we want, we're getting Florida. Like it's so annoying. <laughs> like this is this Gary Bevin the just, same thing year after year, ugh. whether it's been Tampa the past couple and now it's Florida. Like we know, like I don't see Boston falling off. I would love it. I would no. love for us to challenge for the division, I just don't see Boston falling off. They continue to just shake off whatever anyone says about them and just win games. Um, I think it's going to be us in Florida just kind of seesawing and seeing who can get that home ice advantage spot. But yeah, I think we know our opponent and that's ridiculous because it's fucking January. Yeah, the All-Star game hasn't happened yet. And we're like, well, let's get ready for Florida. Like, hey, Gary, can we change up uh, the playoff structure? He's like, you will get a Florida team whether you want to or not, John Toronto. Tavares, come and get your <laughs> Stanley Cup. I just, I'm curious to see if if it was one versus eight, who we'd be playing today. Okay, so interesting. One okay. V eight, the season ended today. Mind you, we have three games in hand over them, but we would be sure. playing the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round, oh, which I wouldn't want because they are getting hot right now. <laughs> Carolina <laughs> is, is is getting hot, although they did lose yeah. last night, but they've been playing like the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes should be playing. Um, yeah, so yeah, they'll be there. It's not, and it's not about you know, like the argument. Everyone's like, oh, like we would, we should be playing like this team or this team because we're actually third in the conference and we would be playing the sixth seed or we're fourth in the conference and playing the sixth seed. It's not about that. It's, it's about knowing your opponent for four months and it takes out all the excitement. Like you want the regular season to matter. Don't you? That's what we talked about for so long. Like the regular season is 82 games. We need to keep fans invested for all 82. Then when you have playoff matchups decided in January, it does the opposite of that. Like, if you're going into April being like, I could play one of three teams, it makes it so much more exciting. Absolutely. I, I love other sports, like, you know, baseball, especially those last couple of days is like, okay, wait, okay. And everyone's watching clubhouses and like, they've got cameras up for like, they're, they're finishing the game, watching TVs for other ones. This one, we're 40 games in, not even. And we pretty sure we know who we're going to play. That sucks. It, it really just puts an exclamation mark on the regular season doesn't matter. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, Okay, I guess we'll keep caring for the next 40 games. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, like look at the NFL. Today's the last day of the regular season and we don't have a single playoff matchup set. No, isn't that exciting? Oh, these all these shitty games we got to watch. Andrews Buffalo Bills are playing tonight (laughs) and they could be the second seed or they can be the eighth seed and out of the playoffs. Or they can be out. Yes. Oh, how are you doing, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, just feeling great. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm distracting myself by talking about Toronto Maple Leafs (laughs) hockey. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god well speaking of uh, a little competition the numbers game a game where i put joey on the spot to see if he can remember leafs from eras past and what number they wore joey is currently 29 for 30 but each player he gets wrong between now and the all-star break joey will donate ten dollars to the you can play project a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all that participate in sports joey nice. are you ready yeah let's go <laughs> all right Okay, so we are going to go back all the way to 1998. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, fuck. I'm yeah. I'm I got to start going earlier yeah, or no, more recent. It. Yeah, so I, I got to, you know what? And I, I'm i starting to, you know, the first one usually, I give them two. First one is usually more of a, a layup, some some more famous that we can talk about. And I realize we haven't talked about this player, so I wanted to just, okay. you know, here we go. I'm going to give this player, and once again, I'm going to remind Joey to give it a good five seconds so that people at home can play. Let's go with what number did Tomas Cabrillet play? Oh, yeah. With? Fan favorite. Yeah. Fan, Fan favorite. One of the, honestly, is now underrated. Like, Big he time. was a very good defenseman. Big yeah. time. Like, I, I I, want his number up there. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I love Cabrillet. I'm ready to say his number. Can I say his number? <laughs> and Joey, what number would that be that would go up? <laughs> number 15. <laughs> it is a correct number 15 for Tomas Cabrillet. Tomas. Uh, very very, very good player. Yeah, and just like very quiet and perfectly Toronto, you know, like uh, much like Nylander. He was um, great, man. Oh, Thomas Cabrillet and Brian McCabe, defensive pairing number one. That was just like, makes me smile. I love Thomas Cabrillet. Yeah, I know. It's nice to have a defense where they're just like, I don't have to worry about that guy. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, and his uh, his teammate on that team, uh, another a, a player I loved growing up. Oh. And so let's see if you know his number. Steve Sullivan. I think I know it. Okay, he looked up. Yeah. Joey's looking up. Okay, think he thinks he's it. got it. I think I have it. Yeah. All right, Joey. Tell me when I can speak what? it. <laughs> Joey, what number did Steve Sullivan wear? Number 11. Number 11 is yeah. correct. That is correct. He is two for two again. He is now 31 for 32 on the season. Everyone can remember that mistake as the Dallas Eakins corollary. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Congratulations, Joey. Two for two again. Steve Sullivan's best moment, and this wasn't even as a Leaf, but obviously when he uh, when he got hit into the boards and he cut his forehead... And yeah. then the fan was laughing at him and yeah. uh, then like skipped later period or whatever. Someone yeah. gets hit in the board and the fan gets like clipped. And yes, he's bleeding. the guy that made fun of him. Yeah. Yes. Wild. wild. It's incredible. He makes fun of him. And Steve Sullivan goes over to the boards and points at him and looks at his forehead. Yeah. And the, the guy like does like a fake, like I'm going to fight you and realizes he just looks like a horse's ass. It's fantastic. <laughs> Woo. It. All right. Feel good? Feel good about that uh, about that record? Nice. Let's do it. Okay, so we've been talking about the PWHL. Um, yeah. And now that the season's underway, I think we should do like a thing every single episode about the Toronto team instead of just talking I would love about to. the PWHL. And I, yep. I can't stand calling them PWHL Toronto. So can we just pretend that they're the Toronto Torch and like the name oh, I love that it. is going to happen and inevitable to happen because the copyright has been filed. Is <laughs> It's already happened. So let's, yeah, torch talk or whatever we, we're going to fucking call it. Torch talk. Like, torch talk. Um, light the torch. Light the torch. Light it up, baby. The tor- <laughs> Toronto <laughs> torch, torch get their first win of the year. Come let's on. go against the yeah. New York Liberty Grand or whatever we're going to call them. Um, <laughs> yeah. 3-2 yeah. after losing to New York 4-0. The, the torch are finally on the board. Natalie Spooner scores the first goal in torch Amazing. history. Uh, and yep. MML Taze gets the winner with the shorthanded goal after a Jesse Comfer shot on net. MML Taze, the speedster, picks up the rebound, puts one in. The Toronto Torture in the win column. This is super exciting, man. Like, I am, I'm it genuinely is. jazzed to watch these games whenever they're on. Uh, I'm glad they're easily accessible. Yep. The one question I have, like, I think the Mattamy 
arena is way too small a venue for the team. And like, I totally understand, like, I don't know the logistics of what, what arena they're able to play in based on schedule, but like they, that holds 3000 and change. Every single home game for Toronto is completely sold out. Like not even a hope in hell you're getting tickets. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Can you look into the Rico? Like, yeah, it's yeah, what seven yeah. and change. Like yeah, I understand yeah. that the Scotiabank is, dealing with raps games and leafs games and concerts and all that jazz but like yeah i bet you i bet you if you put games in the scotia bank they would fill it like yeah it's it's it, the problem is the change between mlse and them you know what i mean because they're gonna they're not an mlse team yeah. right and those are properties owned and rented by them and so you would have to imagine the the landmark on that or the, the what they would charge pwhl would be tremendously financial be unstable and the only reason i bring that up is because the mlse had an option to uh, apply for an expansion franchise of the WNBA, which I'm not, you know, just comparison of women's professional sports is absolutely on fire in the United States right mm-hmm. now. That WNBA is getting huge ratings. The NBA has put money into it and they, it's, it's been going great. And I, I regret to see that the, the, the same thing is not happening with the NHL and the PWHL and MLSC as a whole, because it would have been great to have this opportunity. They could have been playing at Coke in the exhibition stadium. Oh, is and, that what it's uh, called now? I, do people call yeah, it Coke? Yeah. Do pe- like because it's the Coca-Cola Coliseum, right? The Coca-Cola Coliseum, but yeah. The, the short yeah. is Coke. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's what that's what I go by, at least. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but that is that's a big jump, and they could absolutely do it, and it would be great to get more venues there for for hockey because it just means the hockey venue in general would be better for the Marlies and everyone involved. So I, it is a big jump, but you know, after the after seeing what the reaction this year has been, I think it's worth a shot. Maybe a couple games. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea how this works and how they could get into that building, but I genuinely think that they would fill it. Like, I, I here priority list, Joey. Uh, get a name. Okay, number yeah. one, two, good. Number two, let people be able to buy your jerseys. Yeah. Fantastic. Number three, bigger stadium. There you yeah. go. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> as, I mean, Toronto. Like, we're so fucking hockey crazed, man, and and yeah, we will latch on. We if we haven't already, like, give people the opportunity to go watch these these women play, and and I think it'll do do great for the league and the popularity of the league. Like I, I called my sister the other day telling her that the, the first game was on against New York and she had no idea there was a league and she played yeah. hockey. <laughs> so I know. And the, 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 the TV schedule is interesting, but I can understand how it would be confusing to some people. Cause it's not like on Saturday night, it, there's always women's hockey, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but, but the ratings have been going really well in Minnesota. They got 13,000 people to a game the other saying, day, right? Like that's what Just I'm saying. Crazy. Like, go to a awesome. hockey craze market and they will come. Like they, I think they played yeah. the wild, the, the rink, the, the wild played, right? Yeah. The X energy or whatever it's called. Yeah. Then we play them on Wednesday. That's the, the torch's next game against the oh. Minnesota superior, Minnesota. Lakes oh, Hey, there superior. you go. Minnesota superiors. Uh, okay. I like that. Wednesday. I think that's what they copyrighted for. Who knows if that'll stick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Why not? Why? Yeah, okay. So yeah, I just want yes. a name, man. Like, I, I'm sick and tired yeah. of calling everyone PWHL Minnesota and PWHL Toronto and PWHL Ottawa and PWHL Montreal. Like, just get- they, they sound like offices of a big corporation, like all in these days. Yeah. Like, and, you know, everyone was saying, you know, it takes like years and years to like, you know, get a name down and get a logo and, and get branding done. And, and, you know, with the Kraken, it took like well over a year. And, I don't know. You put someone in a room for two weeks and you're like, don't come out until you think of a name. Just a name. Like I get the logo and the branding and stuff like that takes a rollout, but are we really going to buy that? It's been like well over six months now. And I don't know. 
I, I, I oh no, I'm with you. I think it's so stupid that the idea is like, it's really tough to come up with these things. It's like, is the alternative of not having one better? No, then just write something on down. Yeah. Like write something down. I swear to God, we could change it. We could change it eventually. Exactly. That doesn't matter. Or, you know, like, like people don't like it at first. They'll just learn to live with it. Like light it up, <laughs> yeah. baby. It's the torch. Yeah. Some NHL news. Uh, the all-star game, the first round of selections came out. Austin Matthews, the Leafs yep. selection. Obviously, uh, the system is ridiculous. One player from each team, <laughs> meaning guys like Artemi Panarin, William Nylander, Kale McCarr uh, are not at the All-Star game right now. They have to get voted in by fans. Um, so, uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know your answer to this. Like, what are we doing here? Right? Like, I, it's so stupid. Yeah. I, the, the ones coming out, this is the classic NHL can't do anything, right? They have those cute videos of like people finding out their all stars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the was Bjorkstrand the guy on the crack? The Oliver Bjorkstrand. Yeah, one? just yeah. like, just like looked pissed. He's like, yeah. oh, crap. <laughs> well, because he knows he's not an all star based on his year. So he's uh. like, okay, wife, let's go to San Diego. We have a week off. Let's go enjoy some time together in this grueling season that we have. And because yep. every team has to have a representative, like, oh, yeah, you're our pick. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, right. uh, instead of uh, renting that beautiful Airbnb that I clearly showed that I canceled online, uh, I get to stay at the Western Harbor Castle in downtown Toronto and like, in you February. know, like a dog and pony show. Oh, God. <laughs> just awful. I just, they can't do anything right. And I just like Boone Jenner getting in. I There's a big conversation about how these players are picked. And it seems to be the team is as much a participant as the NHL is. And the NHL just says, we want this guy. We think he's more marketable or he's Mm going to be in the competition or something like that. But like, you know, like Boone Jenner being in there, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I guess, you know, like way to sell the game guys. Tom Wilson. Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. All-star. Is anyone honest to God? Is anyone in Ohio? Like, oh wait, Boone Jenner's in there. Okay. I'll watch it. Yeah. Like, is a single person having that opinion? Because that's insane. No one watches unless you're seven years old. No one watches the actual game. Like, I, I, I totally no. like what they're doing with the skills competition. I think that's going to bring a lot more yep. viewers in the draft for sure coming back. But like, the actual game is broken, uh, and and that's why we're getting a, uh, someone from every single team. It's just, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Last yeah, thing yeah. before we go, here's a question for you: Is this year the mm. best chance a Canadian team has? winning the cup vancouver is currently first in their division winnipeg is currently first in their division edmonton's yep. coming on strong yep. they've won seven in a row mm-hmm. toronto is in a playoff spot that's probably it ottawa sucks but uh yeah, probably montreal it. sucks but montreal sucks and who am i missing who's the other canadian calgary. team? calgary oh no i mean maybe i mean they're not in a playoff spot they're supposed to be good yeah they're, they're at like the bottom five right now yeah. still yeah okay who knows uh but yeah is this year the best chance since 93 i don't know it's it you know not to rephrase your question, but it's almost, do you believe in Vancouver and Winnipeg? Mm-hmm. And, and I like, I agree with you. We've got the most shots that we've had in a couple of years that like, there's the most opportunity, but I don't know if I believe Winnipeg. I believe Connor Hellebuck's playing great, but like, you know, how much, how much is there actually to this team? And then it's the same thing in Vancouver. Everyone's playing really well, but, but they've shown that the analytics might be like, these are a little bit boosted right now. I, I, yes, it is probably, and like, you know, I'm not going to sleep on it. Toronto's a very good team and they not, they can be playing better than they have, uh, than their record is showing at least. So yes, probably in the last, I don't know, I'm going to go 10 years without thinking about it. And like, but, but do I actually believe that they're like, is there anyone in the top five, the best odds? No, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think it is because 
we <laughs> say this every year and and it could yeah. be said every year like you know what i mean like three to five mm-hmm. canadian teams make the playoffs and everyone's like this is the year like whether it's winnipeg yeah, looking hot it. or edmonton it home. looking hot like everyone's been on edmonton's wiener for like five thousand years um that <laughs> doesn't happen hasn't happened so no. i'm not gonna believe it until i see it and i'm of the mind that i don't want it up here unless it's toronto like i'm that sour okay guy. like that's what i was just gonna say i am the exact same way when ottawa was in the finals when vancouver yeah, was in the finals i cheered crap. for the opposite team screw Fuck that, that. okay good i'm so glad to hear that people are like oh you're not a good canadian you're not cheering for a canadian team. i'm like what the fuck why would i cheer like I-, I want it for me and i don't want it for anyone else i'm good if they- the leafs get eliminated they just don't hand out the stanley cup i'm also yeah. okay with that so like you know screw that i'm a maple leafs fan first man and like yeah, I don't like sure if Calgary wins the cup, I could I don't care less. I, I mean, I I could not care less because there we go, I yeah. have no feelings towards Calgary. So like, sure, if they win the cup, whatever. Yeah, but like, I'm, do I'm I want Montreal to win the cup? No, fuck no. God, no. Oh, yeah, that sounds awful. A lot of people. No, well, no, that. but it'd be, it'd be nice if a Canadian team wanted it would be really nice. No, like I, I'm going to throw out my entire life of, of hatred towards this team because it would be nice. Yeah, like golf clap for them. No, no, no absolutely not. I don't and also, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. exactly. That's true. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. But if you've made it this far, we appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Thank you so much for listening. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. You can follow us on Twitter at Good Buds Pod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to goodbudspod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Friends. Adelaide is available wherever you find music. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!